evening, everyone. Good evening. This is Arthur Pearlie Margaret Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And uh, you guys, I just want to take a moment out to say pray for the Braxton family. I got word today that um, Tracy Braxton passed away. You guys remember to keep the family in prayer. Okay, guys, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to talk today about exposing the spirit of deception. And once again, guys, thank you so much for joining in on my podcast and on my Facebook Live. I'm going to come out of Genesis um, 3. Genesis 2 and 3, I believe it is. Um, But we're going to pray first, guys. You know we're going to pray before... We start uh, our message. This is uh, one of the end times uh, demonic spirits, but it's always running rampant. Um, you know what Proverbs says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. That's that spirit of deception. When it's operating in our lives, when we're really believing in our heart that what we're doing is right, and in fact, it's really wrong. Um, but in our mind, we're convinced um, that good is evil and evil is good. Again, we're getting ready to pray. Thank you guys for joining in on my Facebook Live and on my um, my podcast, uh, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys, today we're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. Uh, Jesus said, even in the last days of some of the elect. Uh, will be deceived. So we're going to talk about this spirit. But first we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being together with us, for being in the midst of us. And Lord, we thank you that for making us the head and not the tail above and not beneath. And Father, we ask that you just bless the Braxton family, Father. Just comfort Sister Evelyn and all the sisters and the entire family during this time of, of their loss, Lord God. And thank you for giving them the peace that passes all understanding. And just comfort them, Father, because you promised that you would not leave us comfortless, Lord God, but you would leave us a comforter called the Holy Spirit. So thank you for comforting um, Sister Evelyn and, and all the family members, Lord God, for your peace that passes all understanding, settling and resting upon them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, so we're gonna um, we're gonna start today and actually thanking the Lord for taking the blinders off our eyes so we can see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So we can hear, opening our ears, so we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Um, Father God, we testify and we do agree that, Jesus, that you are the Spirit of truth and that your word is our absolute truth, Father. And because we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Lord God, we ask that you fill us. So overflowing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, again, we're talking about exposing um, the spirit of deception. Exposing the spirit of of deception. I'm trying to get on my YouTube page. You guys give me one second. One minute, one minute. See if it's up and running still. Exposing the spirit of deception. Okay, we'll just have to get back with that. We're going to come out of Genesis. Um, Genesis 2. Genesis 2, starting at verse 3. Okay, we're going to read from there. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. The Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, 
did God really say you must not eat the tree from the, uh, not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Um, this is the English Standard Version. Of course, she, this is Eve speaking back. She said to the serpent, of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now she knows what the word is saying because she's quoting it back to the serpent. She's telling the serpent what God had said, right? So here she is. We know that she knew the word, right? She knew the word and she was well versed in the word. Um, probably knew a lot of Bible verses. I'm just, I'm just bringing this to today's society of how even the elect can be deceived, how you can even know the word and still be deceived, okay? But we're going to talk about how that spirit of deception is able to gain access into our lives. Okay, we're going to go on down to Genesis 2 and 4 now. He said, um, here's the serpent speaking back to her after she done spoke the word to him, um, told the serpent what God had said. Okay, so verse 4 said, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Oh, hold on here. My screen is flipping. He said, you won't die. This is the serpent talking back to Eve after she just finished quoting the word to him. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman said, verse 6, Genesis 2 and 6, the woman was convinced now, she just finished the devil. That fast has convinced her. It says the woman was convinced, um, English Standard Version. She saw that the tree was beautiful. This is how deception works, okay? We're getting ready to see the operation of the enemy. We're getting ready right here to expose the spirit of deception, how the enemy is able to gain access into our lives. This is how sin is able to gain access into our lives. Okay, so here, God had already told her. She knew the word. She quoted the word. She, she was a Bible-believing believer. Um, but yet and still, the serpent was able to deceive her. And this is how. The woman, it says in Genesis 2 and 6, it says the woman was convinced. She had become convinced. So in her mind, there was a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof, it was really death. But she was convinced that what the serpent had said was true and what God had said was wrong. This is deception because now the fact that she's convinced me that she's believing it in her heart. How many of you know that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that we believe. So she's sitting here and she's conversing with this demonic demon where the word of God tells us to cast down every evil imaginations and those thoughts, all those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So she didn't do that. She didn't know to do that. Um, but we as today as believers know that we are to cast down every evil imagination and all those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Those thoughts that the enemy brings to our mind that's contrary to the word of God. We're called to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts and bring those thoughts in obedience um, to the word of God. Um, how do we cast down those evil imaginations? Um, by speaking the word in place of what the devil is trying to say to us. Casting down. Um, it's a word war. You know, Jesus uh, was in a word war, right? When the enemy came, when the devil came in the garden to tempt him, he began to say 
you know, try to convince him of things. If you really be the son of God, cast yourself. And Jesus would always come back to him with the word. So I like to tell people we are in a word war. And the Bible tells us that we have to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to have to fight the good fight of faith so more so now this season than ever in these evil end times. Because as we approach these evil end days, times, the word of God tells us that some are not going to endure sound doctrine. And so they're going to go find teachers They're going to have itching ears and they're going to go find teachers that's going to tell them what they want to hear. And that's not what we need. Okay. So here it is. I'm trying to stick with Genesis 2 and 6. It says the woman was convinced. The serpent had convinced her that God was not telling the truth and that he was. And then it goes on and says she saw that the tree was beautiful. Okay. That's the lust of the flesh. She saw that it was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Lust of the eyes. Okay. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her the pride of life. She considered the benefits of it. It looked good. It looked like it was good. And it had some good benefits because she thought that it would make her wise, right? It would give her wisdom. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And that is what led to her demise. It was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Um, Just that John tells us to love not the world, nor the things of the world, which is the lust of the eyes, the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because when the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is an operation that the devil is knocking at our door. It says that the love of the Father is not in us. Um, those are the three gateways. Those are the three doorways. Those are the three temptations of Christ. That's the three things that the enemy tempt God Jesus with when he finished fasting uh, for 40 days. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three doorways. Uh, without temptation, we know there is no sin, right? So it's not a sin to be tempted, but it's a sin to sin. So he convinced her. He tricked her out of the truth. He led her to believe that what God was saying was not true. And that's what deception is. That's how it operates. When we begin to take our eyes off of the word of God, then we put our eyes on the things of this world. This is why Jesus is telling us, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. And so the story goes on and it talks about how they, um, she turned and she gave some to her husband who was there with her and he ate it too. I wonder why he didn't, why he wasn't covering his wife. That's another whole sermon. But you guys get my book, Dating Identifier, Me and God's Way. I'll talk about that for a minute. How he stood there and watched her have a whole entire demonic attack with depression, oppression. You know how the devil was literally there talking to her. And he, he stood there and watched her have this encounter. It says he was right there with her. Good, good evening, um, Suzette, my beautiful Suzette. And yet he did nothing. He said nothing. He did not cover her. He did not band her. A husband is the house band. And he sat there and watched her have this demonic encounter. And guess what? And then she turned and she gave it to him and he ate too. And at that moment, the Bible says in Genesis 2 and 7, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. And that's what sin does. It causes us to feel shame 
Um, but the word of God says there's no condemnation. So when we sin, when we do sin, he said we have an advocate with the Father and we can ask him and he will forgive us, right? And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But that's what sin does. Sin makes you feel ashamed and it causes you to want to hide. And the devil wants you to believe that. Look at look at this. Look at what you have done. You're the only one who has ever done this. You know, you surely can't tell anyone else. So it causes you to be shamed. It causes you to want to hide yourself. And so they sewed fig leaves um, together to cover themselves. Uh, and then uh, they went and, he, and God came walking in the garden. And uh, the Lord asked, where were they? And he replied, Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And then the Lord came back and said, who told you that you was naked? The Lord asked. Have you eaten from the tree which I, the, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was that woman you gave me. <laughs> it was the woman you gave me the fruit. The woman who gave me the fruit and I ate it. <laughs> the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the serpent, the woman said, the serpent deceived me. She replied, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate. She said, I was deceived. He tricked me out of the truth. What does the word deception stands for mean? It means to believe something, uh, to have something, to believe something that's not true. So, so someone, so it can help. Uh, it's for someone else's advantage. He wanted to trick her out of the truth. He wanted her to think that good was evil and evil was good and that, that uh, God was wrong and that he was right. So in the end, they would fall and they would die spiritually. He deceived her through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It looked like it was good. It looked like it tastes good. It looked like it would make me wise. So it must be good because everything about it looks like it's good. That's the deception. Uh, when the when the eye is uh, the the eye. Let no, let's go to James 1.13. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. She was, he tempted her with her own desires. Then desires when it's conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin when it's fully grown brings forth death. So the devil, he was able to deceive her because her desire for the things of the world, her love for the world caused her to lose her love for the father. What's the love of the world? John tells us the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. This is the love of the world. He said, love not the world nor the things that are in the world because when you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. So she began to desire the things of the world more than the word. She began to, she wanted to be like God, not knowing that she was already like God. She was created in his own image and likeness. But when we don't know who we are, then the enemy, the devil is able to play, to prey on our, uh, our identity crisis. It's so important that we know who we are in Christ, because when you already know who you are in Christ, there's no need to boast 
There's no need to prove yourself to anyone. Isn't that what the serpent tried to do to Jesus in the garden? He said, if you be the son of God, then cast yourself down amongst the stones and the angels will bear you up. Well, that's what the pride of life does. The pride of life is always trying to get us to prove ourselves to something or someone. When at the end of the day, the only somebody that matters, the only thing that really matters is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Good, good morning. Good evening, Melinda. That's the only thing that matters. We're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. So deception comes through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It looked good. Doesn't that sound kind of the same way with uh, with anything? It looked good. It looked like it was going to be good. She looked good. He looked good. He looked like he would be good for me. He, you know, he, they got this, they got that, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Everything comes through those three doors. If we look at the sin issues in our life, it came through one of those three doors. <laughs> so this is why God is saying don't love the world. So there she was. Luke eleven thirty four tells us, he says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body is full of darkness. Eve's ability to discern was off because she was enticed by what she could see. And she was led astray by the lust of, the lust of her eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. That's what led her into deception. You know, the word of God tells us, he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. So she knew the word because she quoted the word back to the serpent. But because she was not obedient in doing the word, she was led to this, into deception. Be doers of the word and not hear, hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. We know she knew the word because she quoted it back. You know, some of us are well-versed. We know a lot of Bible scriptures. But I always like to ask the question, do you know how to do what you know? It's so important that when we get a word or revelatory word or we hear the word, that our next step in, in that is asking the Lord, say, Lord, show me how. Give me wisdom. Show me how to do what I know. Do you know how to do what you know? Because some knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love is an action word, and faith without works is dead. Faith work it by love. How many of you know that we act on what we really truly believe? That's the God honest truth. There's no condemnation, but we act on what we believe to be true. And so we can look at our lives and we can judge ourselves because when we judge ourselves, the word of God said we won't have, we won't be judged. And we can know what we believe by how we live. It's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that we believe. The Bible says that she was convinced. And the worst deception, the greatest deception is self-deception. Because when, you be, when we begin to believe that good is evil and evil is good, the Bible says, woe to him that calls bitter sweet and sweet bitter and good evil and evil good. And this is where we are in these ends, evil end times. When people will not want to endure sound doctrine. How many of you know that the word of God has got to be our absolute truth? Because when the word of God is not our absolute truth, we will go about trying to find teachers, having itching ears, trying to find someone who's going to tell us what our flesh wants to hear. It's not about our flesh 
um, being satisfied. It's about our submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm so convinced that my way was the wrong way that I don't want my way anymore. There is a way that seemed right to a man, but the end thereof is death. There is a way. The word of God tells us, he said, it's the wise man. The man who does the word is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. He built his life on the doctrines, on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God's word is his absolute truth. And the way we build, every time we do what the word of God say, that's how we build. When we are doers of the word, then we're building. The wise man is the one who built his house on the rock. But it was the foolish man who built his life on the sand. The foolish man who built his life on what he could see. The foolish man that who built his life on um, what he could on, on, on the world's doctrine and not God's doctrine. And as we approach these end times, the Bible said that even the elect could be deceived. And we see this here in this story, how Eve knew the word. She was well-versed. She quoted it back to the serpent. But yet she was still deceived. She was deceived because she no longer believed. Because she became convinced that the lie was the truth and the truth was a lie. Thank you guys so much for joining in today. You know, I think about um, the Samson and Delilah. Samson family told him, no, don't do that. Don't go that way. But there was a way in his own eyes that seemeth right. But the end thereof, it led to death, to his destruction. When we don't hearken unto the voice of the Lord, when we don't hearken to, unto wisdom, it says in the day of our calamity that wisdom will mock us. In other words, that, that thing, that advice that someone was telling you, trying to give you, that was right, and we didn't listen in our day of calamity when it comes back. The first voice we're going to hear is like, I should have did what they told me to do. But in these end times, my prayer is, is that the word of God will be your absolute truth. But to have faith in God, we have to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have faith in someone you don't know. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about real relationship. I don't know about you, but when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, I had a Damascus Street experience. And my question to you today is, do you have a revelation of Jesus Christ? Is he real to you? Or is it just a good story? You know, God and his word is one. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, right? So God and his word is one. And so when we don't have time for the word of God, we don't have time for God. And when we don't know the word of God, it's going to be hard to discern the voice of God. He said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. The word of God, God and his word is one. So my prayer today is that the Lord Jesus Christ will give us a hunger and a thirst and a desire for the things of God. So what causes us to lose our desire for the things of God? What causes us to lose our fire for God? What causes us to lose our hunger for God? I remember I asked the Lord this a few years ago, and he said, probably when you're so full of the world, you're not hungry for the word. 
And this is why he says, love not the, wor- the, uh, love not the world, nor the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because when we love the world and the things of the world, it causes us to lose not just our love for God, but our hunger for God, our desire for God. And so my, my prayer today is, Lord, I turn our hearts back to you. Give us a hunger and a desire for the things of God. He said, acknowledge him in all your ways. And he said he would direct our path. Lean not to your own understanding, Proverbs says, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. And God's promise to us is that when we acknowledge him in all our ways, his promise to us is that he will direct our path. That's his promise. And we're going to need the leading of the Holy Spirit more so now than ever. Because in these evil in in times, there's a lot of false prophets. There are a lot of voices going on in the earth. But I'm telling you, if you draw nigh to God, he said, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And it is so prevalent and so important in these evil in times, in these last days, in these perilous times. That we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that spirit of deception, that deceiver, the great deceiver. That spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. And so we say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What does that mean? It means that the spirit of God that's on the inside of us is greater than that spirit of the Antichrist that's on the outside that's trying to lead us astray. But you have to know the voice of God so we're not led astray by the voice of the enemy. So God and his word is one. So my prayer for you today and my prayer for us today is that God will give us a fresh fire, that he will give us a new hunger for the word of God, for the way of God, for the will of God, for the desires of God. And I'm going to end it here. You guys, um, you guys, thank you so much for joining in. And you guys be so blessed. Be so encouraged. And remember, it's so important that we become, we become doers of the word. I like to tell people this too, that sometimes people, they say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I always tell them, do what Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus clothed the hungry, fed fed the naked, visit those that were sick. He prayed for people. That's what Jesus did, right? And as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, no one is exempt from putting his hand to the plow. That's the work of the ministry. The whole purpose for going to to the building, because we're the church, the whole purpose for hearing the word, any word should be, so that we can grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so that we can become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And that truth will set us free. What is the truth going to set us free from? The truth always sets us free from the devil's lies. that try to hold us, hold our minds captive. I'm going to end it here. Hi, Pastor Dixon. Exposing the spirit of deception. As we begin, I tell people every area in our lives where there's a stronghold, addiction, or bondage is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. And so when Jesus said in John 8, 32, that's my favorite verse. 
If you continue my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So as we begin to learn what the truth is concerning those issues that are in our lives and not just learning them, but acting on them, acting on the word, because that's the action. Faith without works is dead. We have to be doers of the word and not hearers only because it's a lot of us walking around in deception because we know a lot of things. We know a lot of stuff. But until we put our hand to the plow, can we truly say that we believe what we know? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves, lest we open ourselves up to that spirit of deception. And my prayer is today, Lord, that you will give us your wisdom and you will show us how we too can feed the hungry, clothe the naked, how we too can become doers of the word, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you don't know what to do, do what Jesus did. (laughs) No one is exempt from feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, praying for the sick. It's not enough. You know, know, we do street outreach. And one thing I learned is, you know, what what Jesus said is true. He said, show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. If your brother is hungry and destitute, you say to him, go, be filled. What good is that? Faith without works, faith without corresponding action is truly, truly dead. And my prayer is that as we enter into these end times, because we're not going to be able to reach the loss without ministering to some of these people's needs. I always say, when you minister to the need of a person, that opens the doorway to give you a chance to minister to the person. If you'll give them a sandwich while they're eating the sandwich, you can talk to them about the Lord. And we are called to be doers, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one is exempt from doing the work of the ministry. For Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are so few. My prayer is today, Father, that you make... We surrender and we say, Lord, just like Jesus did in that garden of Gethsemane, each and every day the apostle Paul said, we have to crucify our flesh. So my prayer is today, as we go to that garden of Gethsemane, we say what Jesus said, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. So because we don't want to be operating in deception because no one really cares about what you know until you let them know how much you care. Right? Really, it is. Jesus didn't just preach the gospel, but Jesus washed, washed the disciples' feet. He fed the multitude. Jesus was the one frying the fish. And Jesus said, I did not even come to be served, but I came to serve. This is what Jesus said. So when you don't know what to do, read the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See the, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ and just do what he did. He said, they that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak with other tongues. They can cast out devils. Are you a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's my prayer. Father, I'm going to end it here. Father, we just thank you today, this day. Lord God, today, this day. That you, for your hunger and your thirst. For the desires of the things of the Lord. And Father, we just repent. Because when we we don't acknowledge you, Lord, we ignore you. 
So, Father, we repent for not acknowledging you. And we thank you for your hunger and your desire for the word of God, for the will of God, for the way of God. In Jesus' name. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and he rose. And believe it or not, he's coming back again. And in the end, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Thank you guys so much for joining in with me. Can you please share this podcast? Um, uh, I'm sorry, this Facebook Live. You guys join me on my podcast. I'm on my podcast also. It's um, Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Um, I'm going to end here. You guys be blessed, be so encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day. Okay? All righty. Be blessed and be encouraged. Thank you guys again so very, very much for joining in. Please share this podcast. If you guys would like to donate to us, hit that support button and uh, hit that subscribe button. So that way, every time I go on live, you'll be aware. You'll get a notification. Um, But I'm ending it here. Till next time, you guys be blessed and be encouraged. Again, this is Arthur Burley Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing.